0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to stock dirty to me the podcast for young investors new investors as you can see we do have a another person here uh he is stock bro number one and for everyone that <laughs> stock bro number one no his name is andrew uh dalton is uh here as well. He's just getting set up and we'll bring him on in a second. Of course, you know Tony, the other stock bro. I guess he's gonna be stockbro number two. I don't know. <laughs> I am of course still. I thought
1: him. I thought Tony's name was gonna be the stock bro, so you know I mean, <laughs> the stock <bro> is one. <laughs> yeah, all right. I probably
0: uh, should have done
1: that.
0: That would have been wise. All right, so we're gonna bring Dalton in. He seems to be ready. Hey Dalton, are you ready for today's show? I am ready to go. Awesome. Let's go. So of course. <laughs> We got a lot of talking. Uh, First thing I want to touch on is something that we've seen a lot of the members talk about. Um, He's a meme lord himself. I want to talk about Elon Musk uh, manipulating the market since he uh, the last two weeks. He's been messing with people with Dogecoin and now with Bitcoin, saying that he's no longer going to be uh, accepting it for for the uh, Tesla. So... um, who wants to touch on this first? Do we want to start with the uh, new boy? This yeah, is stock bro right. number one. All right. So we're going right. well, to just send you up into the front here. I'm going to drop down and then uh, go like that. So tell us, what do you think about Elon Musk manipulating the market like he has been?
1: Yeah. So his his claim is that um, it's it's not environmentally responsible to keep um, letting people purchase uh, you know Tesla cars with Bitcoin. And he says that, well, supposedly, I think Dogecoin only takes like, 1% of the energy that uh, to mine that Bitcoin does. Mm-hmm. So, supposedly that's his reasoning, but I mean, who really knows what, what's going on inside his head if he's manipulating the market or not? But yeah.
0: This is true. This is true. Um, Dalt, we'll jump into you. Uh, you're not a huge fan of Elon, but you do have some uh, concerns about this. What do you think about him manipulating the market first with Dogecoin and now with uh, Bitcoin going on?
2: i think um after his he originally got fined for saying funding secured uh to take tesla private a couple years ago i think he learned his lesson from the sec after he was after he was fined he learned what he could and could not say as far as um manipulating markets and so that is what got him fined was saying funding secured at a certain price point and then they gave him a list of things as to what you can and cannot say and he's just staying right in between that sort of loophole that the sec has for what you can actually say and nothing he's actually said um, since he was fined has actually been um against the uh, law so um he'll say one thing he'll say he'll, he'll 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 say the next i don't think anything he says really matters um but the running joke with my friends and i have always been that Bitcoin uses a lot more electricity or is a bigger polluter on the environment than gas-powered cars, which is true. The amount of electricity it takes to run one single Bitcoin transaction is ridiculous. And <laughs> he's been allowing you um, to pay with uh, um, pay with Bitcoins and buy all kinds of Teslas and stuff. It's just foolishness because it's actually hurting the environment um, to buy an electric car. So he finally canceled it, which should he should have never even ac- accepted it. There's much more environmentally friendly coins like Litecoin loses uses, I think a sixth of the energy of Bitcoin. But again, none of that matters because that's technical, fundamental stuff. And in this market, anything goes.
0: Okay, and uh, we're gonna bring Tony in to get his opinion on this. Uh, Tony, how do you feel about uh, Elon manipulating uh, the market with well more crypto market than anything else?
3: Well, this is nothing new. We saw him do this in 2018, where he told. Uh, He sent out a tweet saying, I'm going to take Tesla private at $420 per share, which was way more than what it was at the time. And the SEC investigated him and suspended him. Actually, he had to step down from CEO for a while, as CEO for a while. And they actually did a, a thorough investigation and found that he did have no investment or money secured to take it private. So he lied about that. And just like he's tweeting out now saying he's working with Dogecoin developers to improve the code, which is probably total BS. (laughs) Uh, Just like he tweeted out, SpaceX is now accepting Dogecoin, which if you break that down, what does that really mean? It means nothing. What are you going to use Dogecoin to what? Take a SpaceX flight to the moon? I mean, we're probably so far away from that ever being a possibility. And the other thing is you wouldn't even want to use Dogecoin for that because then you have to pay capital gains tax as soon as you purchase anything with crypto. So That's that's right.
0: You have a a video uh, talking about that. Uh, You talked with your brother, the stock bro number one, uh, about uh, the cryptocurrencies and the taxes that you pay on that. So, of course… Uh, you have it placed everywhere in the uh the group, so you guys can go to Tony's uh YouTube channel and check it out. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel because he, yeah. him yeah. and his brother do do a lot of great videos de- detailing this. We're going to go into a, another uh part of some investment stuff that I that we uh we were asked about. And of course, if you want to ask questions to our specialists, uh, just leave a comment. And we'll be more than happy to throw it up on screen and they'll answer it. But uh, NIO, um, another kind of competitor, if you will, to Tesla. Um, they make they manufacture uh, electrical vehicles from China and they sell it all over the world pretty much. What, what are the fears about this? Like, should we be investing in this uh, or what is our due diligence? Not should we. What would you suggest someone do if they're interested in uh, purchasing this stock, Tony?
3: So I've been looking into this for, for a while now. Here's the thing. So China has a population over 1.4 billion people. They're mm-hmm. the largest market in the world for EV, and they're growing fast. And they have many, many different EV companies in China. And NIO is actually one of the best ones in China. Uh, they are the biggest competitor to Tesla. And they actually beat Tesla in April. For more, They sold 23% of the market share of China for EV That's vehicles. Impressive. So Tesla was second. And actually the first quarter of this year, they did sell over 100,000 cars for the first time. Not 100,000 cars in the quarter, but they broke over 100,000 cars total. Uh, they sold about 27,000 cars in comparison to last year where they sold 48,000 cars. So... As of right now, is Neo a good buy? I would say no, just because of the fact that this company does nothing but lose money right now. Um, Their earnings per share have been negative for four or five years now. I mean, they don't really turn a profit, but the good thing about them is over the last six months, they're just growing and growing and their sales are going up and up and up and they're becoming more popular. And if you look, I, I did spend some time looking at their vehicles on YouTube. They do have some very impressive technology. They do, they are impressive looking cars. Uh, they actually have this cool feature. It has a smart assistant or an AI voice control smart assistant in the car where you can tell it to open your sunroof, open the back window, like all these cool features that I haven't really seen in a car before. And they are backed by the Chinese government. so. <laughs> If ever you were going to succeed, being backed by the (laughs) Chinese government is certainly a positive. So it it could be something where you buy it and you hold it for years to come. I was reading an article in Seeking Alpha a couple days ago where they're not expecting Neo to actually make a profit until the end of 2022. So this company is not even going to be profitable for the next probably two years. Uh, I mean, once they do become profitable it could be worth buying, but it's one of those things, if you buy it early and take a chance on it, maybe it'll pay off big in the future, but so this I'm is, probably not gonna buy any myself.
0: So this is more of a, put some money in that you, you're okay gambling to lose, and then yeah. eventually maybe you'll make hit that like green uh, square on roulette and make your money back.
3: One thing I will say too, is Tesla's not a profitable company either. They don't make any money if it wasn't for government subsidies and selling a hundred million dollars in Bitcoin last quarter. (laughs) So um, unless they're going to become a crypto house, like they're going to have to do something to increase their market or their sales and their revenue. So, and Tesla's stock did skyrocket as we saw last year. Mm -hmm. So could Neo stock go up even though they're not going to be profitable? Yeah, sure.
0: They, could. Well, cons- they are backed by the uh, Chinese government, so that is uh, a lot of money behind it. We'll bring in Dalt, uh, ask him his opinion on uh, this uh, new company that seems to be jumping on to the market, the NIC, uh, NIO. What, what do you think about, uh, Dalt, as, as an advisor with uh, your uh, Ban- Bankton Corp Capital? What, what would you say as an advisor to uh, some clients if they were coming to you with uh, wanting to invest in this?
2: will definitely be a no i think there's better opportunities elsewhere um you need to have a very very good reason to invest in a company that doesn't make money and if i'm going to do that they need to be the only company operating in that industry or they need to have the most market share in that industry unfortunately for neo they own next to nothing in the ev market industry unfortunately volkswagen and tesla still controls the vast majority of that market um issue is that's concerning. Is is Tesla and and uh, companies like Volkswagen can stand on their own. Companies like BYD, Neo, and anything else coming out of out of China, unfortunately, needs massive subsidies from the government um, just to even remain on the data, on the day to day. They're not even turning profits with massive subsidies from the uh, government. And the issue here uh, lies in the fact that the Chinese government will be scaling down subsidies for um ev um for uh for ev companies. so eventually um these i think tony said what was it 2024 you said or 2022
0: i think he Uh, said 2022
3: uh, yeah they're projecting at the end of 2022 they may actually turn their first ever profit so
2: i would i would disagree i don't think that's that's like end of 2022 they're going to have less subsidies than they have now and if you can't turn a profit now you better hope that sales really go through the roof (laughs) for the next year Um, And so I would say, no, they're they're still not profitable. But again, in this market, that hasn't seemed to matter. Um, But it just helps me uh, sleep at night knowing that the companies I have aren't going to disappear into thin air on the very next day. So I like to see companies that make money. And um, Neo has been doubling revenue. Like I said, you should be able to double revenue if you're backed by the Chinese government. I mean, these guys are giving electricity away for free to Bitcoin miners. So we all know how aggressive China's government is. Yeah. And in housing and pr- promoting companies in their own country, um, so again, doubling revenue under subsidies, great. Let's see you try to double revenue when you don't have sub- subsidies.
0: That is a good point. We're gonna bring in the other stock bro here, Andrew, uh, get his opinion on this uh, this uh, company. Um, what do you think about NIO? Would you invest in it? You're a younger guy, you know. Would you be like, yeah, let's yellow this into it, or would you be like? I'm going to hold off because it doesn't look good for me.
1: Honestly, I think Tony and Dalton nailed it on the head. But I will say, I mean, look, Tesla's got the most market share. Neo, like they said, is going to be drowning. They're going to be drowning. They just don't have um, enough capital. It takes a lot to start up uh, a car company and succeed. And I mean, they are an electric car company. And um, like I said, Tesla's got the most market share. So I think I think they've nailed that one on the head. I
3: think another important thing to mention is, like Dalton said, it almost doesn't even seem to matter in this market. It's crazy. Uh, It's more of a hype thing than actual than the company being valuable. So as long as people are willing to buy this company thinking that it's going to be the next Tesla or the Chinese Tesla, then the stock could go up. But that doesn't mean it's a good company. It doesn't mean it's a good investment. So you just got to be mindful of that.
0: Well, that brings me to the second, uh, the, one of the final points we're going to bring up here. And of course, comments are always welcome. Uh, Ooh, this is a good one. Uh, from T- Tony Wills. What about the lucid car? I have no idea what she's talking about. Does anybody know what the lucid car is?
3: Yeah, they came in through, uh, I, well, I shouldn't say yes for sure, but I believe they came in through a spec, right? CCIV or something. Um, I, I thought they were having some major problems, but I think Dalton would be able to touch on that better than me.
0: So we'll uh, bring Dalton up onto the screen. Dalton, do you have anything about Lucid Car? Do you know anything about that? Have you heard anything that you can share with our viewers?
2: Yeah, I don't have much info on the car itself. Um, I, I will say say this. Tony's right. That it, they are coming through. And by me, when I say coming, I mean, it, that deal still has not closed. So shareholders still have to pass that. Um, So when SPACs, um, they have a certain amount of time when they list to actually go out and purchase. Um, So when that happens, that they decide that they want to purchase something, that deal still has to close with shareholders of of Lucid, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously board members at CCIV have decided yet that Churchill Capital wants to buy Lucid. That doesn't mean that Lucid shareholders are going to accept a buyout from CCIV. So that's something to look forward to. That deal has yet to close. Um, but that hasn't stopped, uh, speculators from pouring into Churchill capital. Uh, but the funny thing is on, on, on the news that they were buying lucid, the stock dropped sig- sig- significantly. So, I mean, I'm not sure about lucid's cars, um, and how they compare, um, to say any of Volkswagen's EV lineup or Tesla's EV lineup or NIOs. I'm not sure. Um, there, there's a lot of these companies, um, One thing I just want to point out, though, because someone in the group had mentioned Ford earlier in in the week and asked about their EV unit. And it seems like when people are getting into all these EV vehicles and um, car makers, it's it's as if people actually think that Toyota and Honda is never going to build electric cars. (laughs) And these guys have the most market share. The reason why they're not building electric cars here, guys, is because they are making all the money right now. (laughs) They're still like... There's no gas vehicle bans for another six or seven years, and of that time, they are going to continue to milk and milk that all of those sales. And then one day is going to come when they're going to start building electric vehicles, and they're just going to swallow up all the market share there too. Um, that's that's really the fact, and that goes back to you know Ford, Lucid, and any of these small car companies. You know they're going to have the same tiny market share as they do now once all these other big companies switch switch over. Um, that's just the way it is. Ford couldn't outsell Toyota before. Just because they're doing e- electric vehicles doesn't mean they're going to outsell Toyota now. Um, same with Lucid and all, and all these other guys. Um, Lucid's been building cars for, what, five five years? Toyota's been doing it for, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, right? Yeah. These, guys are, these guys are proven to be doing this at an at, at effective scale, so...
0: They uh-huh. have the scale, so when they start doing it, they, it's only a minor switch they need to do. They have their cars already in production. Right. They, it's a small switch, and they can outperform everybody. Now Every all these new co- companies, like you said, they have to build that automation system to make, to compete, but Toyota, Honda, all they have to do is switch a, flip a switch for 20 minutes and then flip it back on, and their systems are going. Uh, regular viewer of the group, uh, Patrick, I think, is pronouncing his name. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing. He's asking, "What is the expected market market behavior in this week after last week's cor- cor- uh, corrections?" well I don't know how to speak today. Uh, Dalt, do you want to touch on that, or should we get uh, one of the stock bros to uh, touch on this before?
2: Yeah, let's get one of one of these guys to uh, start with that.
0: All right, we're going to go with Andrew. Oh, no, Tony no, here. sorry. Tony's not going on. It's you. Uh, what do you feel? Or do you have any comments on that? And uh, to our viewers, thank you very much for all these uh, great questions.
1: I have no idea, honestly. I'm going to let Tony answer
0: <laughs> All right, we'll bring Tony in. He seems to be a bit more ed- educated. Well, do you think, have
3: anything? I think that's I think that's the right answer. I mean, who really knows? Uh, <laughs> we did have a huge surge Thursday and Friday. I haven't seen the, the futures yet. I, I don't know when they come out but I know uh, typically they're, they're, they're not shown on weekends, but um, I, I would think stay tuned for the futures tomorrow morning and we'll, we'll have a better idea
0: then. All right, excellent. We're gonna go into our last topic that we have scheduled right now. And of course, if you have any questions, go ahead and let us know in the comments and we'll bring it up on the screen. But I wanna talk about the uh, AMC and the dangers of meme stocks and uh, how everybody seems to be uh, YOLOing into these stocks and they not may not be the best investment. Uh, we've touched on this previously, Tony, but do you wanna just reiterate some of the uh, major points of this uh, dangers of these meme stocks?
3: So there's a movement happening all over the internet right now, and it, they're talking about short squeezing AMC. And what this means is hedge funds are, are shorting the stock, or in other words, betting that the price is gonna drop. Now. There's a movement around Reddit and other communities where they're trying to push the share price up. And why would they do that? Because whenever investors are shorting a stock, um, what happens is the people that are shorting it are using margined or borrowed money. So they have to cover those, those shorts. And sometimes instead of when, they, when it goes too far up, they'll just buy the stock out and it'll cause a, a spike in the price. So that's called a short squeeze. So I think a lot of people are betting on that happening, but they don't really understand how that works. Mm-hmm. I, if I was you, I would not be betting on that. The best case scenario for AMC in my mind is that I don't know what they're at right now, maybe $14. Maybe they can get up to $20, but we're talking about a company that almost went bankrupt last year. I mean, yeah, they literally mm-hmm. almost went bankrupt and they at the last second, secured a billion dollars of loans in January. And um, I I think they are just going to be stagnant until the economy opens back up and we're over COVID.
0: Yeah. We're going to bring the other stock bro in here and let him touch on it. Then we'll bring in Dalton. He can uh, educate us more as the advisor in the group. Uh, So, Andrew, you have a little things to say about uh, the meme stocks of uh, Reddit and that. So go ahead and let us know.
1: Yeah. So, well, you would think, so the economy is actually about to open back up. The CDC just issued, um, you know, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have mm-hmm. to wear a mask anymore. So you would think that would be the news that would be affecting the stock price and not speculation from, you know, Wall Street bets, Reddit. And, you know, these big companies trying to short squeeze it. But we're in a crazy time right now. And yeah. you know, these these Reddit forums, the uh, Elon Musk, Twitter. Social media has a huge influence over stock prices right now. So, yeah, it's it's hard to really know. You, you used to be able to look at a, a 10K and, you know, that's how you would go about determining if a stock would go up or not. But now you don't really know. It's kind of hard to say.
0: This is true. Uh, we're going to bring in Dalt here, our, advi- our resident advisor, one of our resident advisors. What are your thoughts on the dangers of these meme stocks and places like Wall Street bets that are kind of maybe leading people astray or not fully educating them like we're trying to do in the group, Dalt?
2: Yeah, so I, I actually just wrote an article on, uh, on that and I, I shared it to the group uh, right right before we went live here. Um, But basically, just just to um, sum it up is last year, 2020 changed a lot of the direction of all these things that all these stocks that were actually heading towards bankruptcy, heading towards that, you know, that coveted zero zero dollar stock price. So when when they dropped interest rates, money became a lot cheaper. People were handed out, you know, two thousand dollars a month up, up here in Canada. I think you guys had. Uh, but it's every month up here. I think you guys had times um, 1,400 US or something like that, 1,200 US. And you guys have yeah, done three so far.
3: Yeah. Well, the thing to consider too is we actually had um, unemployment benefits added to $600 a week on top of what you would normally get for unemployment every week. Oh, very and that lasted, for, yeah, that lasted for months. So the, all these people have all this disposable income now that they didn't have before. And they just dumped it into the stock market, so everything went up. Everything is overpriced. Valuations don't matter right now because everybody had extra money. So
2: exactly, and that's that's my my point. Is twenty twenty changed a lot of the direction for all these things? It allowed people to speculate on a massive scale. Um, so if you if you want to look at all these stocks, like your AMC's, your game stops, and anything else, look at twenty seventeen to January twenty twenty. And you'll see that what was happening in all of these all these penny stocks, all these meme 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 stocks, it was nothing but bad news. They were all losing, you know, twenty percent per year. It was ridiculous. People were getting absolutely killed. Even the guy who made um, a lot of money in the GameStop options, I think the creator of the Wall Street Bets thread, mm-hmm. he he had call options on GameStop for like the last three years. Like he didn't just get into it um, and. Uh, in 2020, so he was actually getting absolutely annihilated in these options, and he ended up making all of it back and then some once the price went went through through the roof. But again, it, it's just massive, massive spec spec speculation.
3: Can you explain uh short squeeze to people? Because I don't know if I did a good a good enough job explaining. Yeah, please. That. Uh, yeah.
0: What is a short squeeze? If you you don't mind, uh, Dalton. Yeah,
3: yeah. So I, I wrote an article on that
2: as well. I've shared it. Uh, I think that was the article I wrote last week. On Sunday. Always
0: great to uh, go to his blog at BantingCordCapital.com slash blog. I read it whenever he puts one out. Yeah, you have a newsletter talk, uh, newsletter talk. as well, right, Dalt? Yes, yeah, yeah. I
2: do. I will be publishing a newsletter coming out in June too, so that'll be shooting out for all sub- subscribers of the blog.
0: I mm-hmm. uh, uh, would suggest everybody get on that as soon as possible because it's one of the favorite ones I get in my email, apart from the other investment ones I have with uh, our Johnny the uh, CEO of this group, if you will. So yeah, please explain uh, what is a short squeeze. So a short
2: squeeze. So okay, just I gotta explain short short selling first. So when you short sell, um, now this is typically done by hedge funds or more experienced in investors because timing is everything when you're when you're short selling. So if I were to go out and say short sell ten thousand shares of, of GameStop. I have to pay a yearly interest fee on the amount of shares that I have borrowed. So what happens is I actually borrow it. I go to my, to my broker. I say, Hey, do you guys mind giving me 10,000 shares of GME? Because I want to sell those back onto the open market. And I hope that the price will fall so that I can go back into the market and pick it up for cheaper and pocket the difference. So if I, you know, sell 10,000 shares and I make $10,000, then the price drops. And now the shares only cost say, once $1,000, I buy them back and I keep the $9,000 difference. That is what your um, short sellers are trying to, to do, but you pay a yearly fee for that and you pay per month for that privilege, right? There, are, there are premium fees that you have to pay because you're borrowing funds that aren't that or stocks that aren't yours. You have to pay your broker in order to hold those and you have to maintain a certain margin balance. Now, what, 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 what happens is you can get into trouble if, your timing is is messed up. So if if and this is what happened with uh, gate with GameStop, should enough people start to buy a particular stock that you have short, short, short sold, that price is going to start to go up. And that's going to affect your margin balances, and you're going to get a margin call um, from your bank, which means you have to put up even more capital to show that you can hold this even though the price is starting to go against you. And all this time, you also have to continue to pay your monthly interest fees. (laughs) So so the short, the the short, the the short squeeze comes when it gets to the point where whatever person has short sold, when they have, have to actually go back to the market. Too? What's that? Sorry,
3: sorry to interrupt you. Do you have do you have to you have to pay dividends on it too, right?
2: I don't if know that. Stock, part.
3: I think I'm if the wrong. stock receives a dividend when you're in a margin call, you're responsible for paying the dividend. But I could be wrong about that.
2: Oh, okay. Possibly though. Um. I'm not sure if that if that if that would be the case because short 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 selling sell when you get them you would sell them to someone else so whoever bought that stock that you short sold would get the dividend oh. cuz you cuz you don't actually own it at the time um I, I, as I was saying so a short se- a short squeeze happens when the pressure gets to be on that person that short 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 sold they can no longer afford to pay those monthly in- interest fees or they can no longer afford to put up enough capital to hold that particular stock since the price has gone up and it's caused their account to go into in 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 balance the, their only option is to buy back the shares in the market so that they can give the shares back to their to their broker so it doesn't matter what price the stock has, has, has gone up to if you try to short sell it at ten dollars and guess what these shares are now trading at a hundred dollars i have to go back into the market and buy those ten thousand shares at a hundred dollars so, I have to reinforce that new price point, which, although that price point is ridiculous, I have to reinforce it and buy there. And unfortunately, nut, there were a lot of people who were short GameStop, and the, short, the, the, the squeeze didn't stop at 100. People had to buy at 100. People had, buy at people had to buy at 200. People had to buy at 300. People had to buy at 400 and kept setting the price ever higher. Uh-huh. Um, but the one thing that was interesting there is the level of short selling. This is why this was never going to happen to AMC. When GameStop was being short-squeezed, short, short squeezed, they had 118% of the floating shares shorted. So collectively, Wall Street or whatever speculators were that were short-selling, they had literally sold 18% more than every single floating share in the market. That is absolutely insane. For AMC, I think they're only at 24% of floating shares shorted. So they're nowhere near um, where... Um, where um, uh, GameStop was, and I, th- and I think when when they had the Volkswagen big big one in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, or two thousand ten, or eleven, I forget when that that was. Quite some 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 time ago, they had about seventy seven percent of their shares, uh, their floating shares, shorted. So there there needs to be there's a certain level at 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 which people get extremely greedy with short selling, and it usually comes to the point where every single one of the floating shares has been shorted. That's typically when you get real big squeezes. Unfortunately for AMC, it's only at 24%. It's not that but, big of a
3: deal. Yeah. And by the way, didn't AMC just issue another 49 million shares last week?
2: They have the option to sell up to 40, up to 44. Oh, okay. But they haven't they they but they haven't issued it yet. But exactly. Should they should they issue more? that just gives everybody even more opportunity to cover those, those, those new shares that, that, that come on the market. Right. So yeah. it's very, very un- unlikely that they're going to
0: be um, squeezed. So I have a, a question just popped up here and I just want your opinion here. Cause I have no idea. I, I thought it was illegal to naked short stocks. No idea what that means. Dalt, could you uh, enlighten us if it is illegal or what it means or one of our other panelists?
2: Uh, no, it is not not illegal to naked short. Um, I'm not sure if there's such a term as naked short sell. There is, as uh, there is a term called, um, um, naked, um, naked call option writing, which, which means that you don't own the underlying actual stock when you write the call option that's called naked. But when you, when you short sell, there is no naked. Um, you can, it's just the process of borrowing from your broker. And selling them onto the open market.
3: So I did oh. just Google uh, naked short selling. So it says it's the practice of short selling a tradable asset of any kind without first borrowing the asset from someone else or ensuring it can be borrowed.
2: Oh. Is that possible?
3: Uh, well, mind you, I am on Wikipedia, so <laughs> all all bets are off.
0: Yeah. you need, to, um, you um, need really to
2: get the shares. Yeah. You need
3: to get the shares from
2: somewhere first. So. Uh, we will well, be posting. Be
0: Just answered the question. We GameStop. will be posting the link for Dal- uh, Dalton's blog uh, in the uh, comments. Come after the show, oh, so yeah. no worries there. Um,
3: Didn't GameStop short eighteen percent more shares than they actually had, though. So maybe I don't know. Maybe it was something like that.
0: Yeah, um, well, another
2: bigger guys can can take up all types of of leverage. So what what had probably what had probably happened was. Um, someone the big the big banks had allowed these big brokers to to continue to uh, maybe create their own derivatives to continue to 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 uh, sell so awesome. you would be leveraging all your existing selling p- p- position and doubling down on that in some type type of way um, and short when you short short sell the shares don't actually go anywhere so if I borrow them and I short I short sell them someone else had to buy them but i can always borrow shares from another broker broker and sell them back and see if i can even borrow them back from the people that i actually sold them to and so i can resell those uh, those uh, those again so it's not un- uncommon um for the amount of shares shorted to be greater than the um floating because i could sell i could short sell them to someone else buy them back and short sell them again without giving them back to my to my broker and That's so yeah. over 100 percent. Speaking
3: it looks of like brokers, that is a real term. It looks like that is a real term. Uh, good job, Mr. Mister User, Mr. Facebook <laughs>
0: user. Another thing is, what are your thoughts on Ally Financial? Now, I don't know if this is a question about buying their stock or using their, uh because I know Ally is a brokerage, if you know, I'm right? it's, like, yeah. it's a bank yeah. or a brokerage. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on using them maybe to buy stocks or are they a valuable stock to look into? We're not telling you to invest, this is, just educational purposes only, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to thank all the 33 followers who are watching right now and showing us love and giving, giving us these questions. Uh, Dalt, your thoughts on Ally Financial?
2: Can I pass it off to Tony and I will Google Ally Financial because I've never
0: heard of it. <laughs> no problem. Let's throw Tony on here. Uh, Dalt has been talking for a bit. Tony, what are your thoughts on Ally Financial?
3: Uh, you know, I did see, I know they're, they're a bank and I did see their stock was up uh, a online percent. bank. Yeah, it's an online bank, right? Uh yeah. I don't, I really don't know much about them. Uh, like, what? It, what is he? At? I'm not sure what the question is. Like, We're, is it a good- purchase or is it a good bank? I, don't, like I mean,
1: as a bank, so it's an online there's an online bank, there's also a brokerage okay. and I mean, the, it's a higher interest rate since it's online all the online banks like Discover, Ally they all offer higher interest rates but because of COVID, obviously, they're down a lot anyways, but for example like Bank of America, if you put your money in a savings account, you're going to get like .001% on your interest, but if you go to Ally Bank or Discover, something like that when it's when it wasn't covid before it would be like 1.7 percent in your savings account um i use discover actually for my online bank because it's a higher savings account than putting it in like a bank of america yeah. but in t- i don't know if he's asking as a stock um if that's the question or as a service but yeah. i mean that's i've i've used ally too and yeah the, the well i
0: think they're commented again and it says would it be a good buy right now so i'm guessing they're asking buying uh buying the share would it be or the stock if you will is it a good buy um, um well uh, considering much, uh, that uh, we're just getting this we haven't really done our due diligence on it so we would say look at their papers or whatever it is well, that you use to I did, uh yeah
3: uh, i did google um Quickly, just look at like their price to book ratio, and I looked at their PE ratio. Uh, I mean, they are at uh, 1.3, which I think is a little high for a bank. I know that that would be good for a lot of companies, but I, I know like I invested recently in a Bank of America, and they were actually a little under one to one, and they're still I, they're still not as high as 1.34, I think. So that might be might mean it's a little bit overvalued right now, but I would pass that off over to uh, to Dalt
0: on that one. <laughs> Bringing Dalt now on here, who's our resident advisor. Dalt, uh, would would uh, Ally Financial be a smart buy, or would you uh, wait for a little while so that it becomes more val- uh, not overpriced?
2: Okay, so after my quick look at Yahoo Finance, <laughs> uh, I can say that. Um, they have had. They have. They are pro. They are profitable. They are extremely profitable. They're more profitable than um, any Canadian bank here. Um, but they're more. They're more geared towards um, loan finances, and so this this is going to work well for them um, over the next uh, three to five years as interest rates interest rise. Interest rates. Yeah. yeah. So last year they made $6 billion worth of revenue and they, and they uh, had a net income of a billion dollars. So uh, one for six. So that is pretty profitable. Um, our banks here are, are running in some extremely thin margins, mm-hmm. uh, but they seem to be profitable. And um, even be- be- before 2020, um, their stock was on the rise. Um, but they seem to be making the same amount, near the same amount of revenue almost every, every year. So that's a concern. Um, so I would say uh, no, do not buy it here at 55 or whatever it's at. Um, I would wait for, for a, a, a significant dip. Um, if we do get a dip, this might mm-hmm. be something that I, that I would look at. I have to have a, a, a bigger dive into it and look at insider buying and things
3: like that and market share. So I, we, I think if you want to go with a bank, I think one of the best ones is Bank of America, to be honest, just because I've done a lot of research on that one. And it's so solid. It's just yeah, it's, incredibly it's a, a solid established
0: brand. It's it, you, you can check back their finances like century, pretty much a century because they're that old. Well, and,
3: it would have been better to buy it at like $35 a share. Like I did, it is a you know, it is like $42 right now. But I do think it has potential to keep rising to 50 or more just because of interest rates. And don't forget, this is actually Warren Buffett's second largest holding as well.
0: So. This is true. Which brings me to one of our final questions here. Someone's asked, they have 400 shares, which they bought at $9.23. Which would be the best price for the, me to wait and sell it at a good price? 400 shares of what?
3: Yeah, a Something at
0: 9.23. I don't know. Um, but... Generally, what would you let's say it's Bank of America. Let's say they bought four hundred shares at Bank well, of America. Definitely,
3: then you're you're in the money, my friend. If that <laughs> Bank of America hold hold for like two years.
0: Okay, uh, so it, I don't,
3: I'm assuming he's talking about AMC. That's what I'm okay.
0: assuming. Uh, yeah, they they just applied here AMC. So uh, yeah, all right. Then so. yeah, uh,
3: that's a good price. I, it I mean you've are it's probably gonna. Like I said, I, I think it's probably going to get to like the 20s, but it may take a long time or it may be rapid if the price does shoot up. And to be honest, if if it hits like 20 and I had it at $9, I'm out of there. I'm taking <laughs> that money and reinvesting it into the S&P 500 or something way better than, than I a would already am gone at 14. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I, I would probably already would have sold it last week yeah. when it shot up to like 15 or whatever.
0: But yeah yeah you're
1: gambling gambling now at this point <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: which which is interesting because uh where is that question that I had there we go so I I recently watched um uh, on Netflix money explained and they were talking about day trading is considered gambling one of their episodes was talking about Robin Hood and all this because over 20 it, it, it's a great show it's if you great, haven't watched great. it. Please watch the uh, any of the explains on uh, Netflix because they are very educational. But the person's sorry that they got here, it's okay. Um, their question is: Is it true that day trading rule will apply to us? However, if we have more than twenty five k invested, but it's not, uh, but it includes crypto. I
3: don't think there are day trading rules for crypto. I could be wrong about that, but uh, if he, I'm assuming this person's using Robinhood. So if you do have $25,000 in Robinhood, then the day trading rule doesn't apply to you. Um, and as far as crypto, I don't think there are day trading rules for crypto, but I could be wrong. You have to ask Dal or Andrew about that.
0: Dalt or Andrew, can you uh, jump in and explain maybe if there's day trading rules for crypto, if you guys know?
2: I'm in. I'm in Canada, so... I had never heard of that rule until until I started interacting with the stock, with the stock market group a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is a rule that's passed down from um, the U S government or SEC or whoever it be um, that you need 25,000 in your account in order to um, day trade, which is, I guess if you that's buying or selling um, the same, the same stock, uh, three times in a week, or or something, they they've applied some sort of arbitrary number or thing on it. Um, so, I, I I wasn't aware that any of those rules exist here. Yeah, what what I
1: mean is, there's no pattern day trading rule with cryptocurrencies, and you can open a two if you open a two hundred dollar account and you wanted to buy and sell as many as you wanted, you can. That's what I'm reading online.
3: Okay, there you go. And to Dalton's to Dal's point, uh, that day trading rule doesn't apply to all brokerages. It's it's Robinhood. Uh, it's specifically it's
0: the uh, real te- retail investors uh, brokerage? Uh,
3: well, it is a, it's a pattern day trader rule that is defined by FINRA. But for some reason, I don't have that rule in Fidelity. I can trade as many times as I want all day long. So I don't know why it applies to Robinhood. It might be because they're, all of their accounts are margin accounts which I found that out when I tried to transfer my account (laughs) to (laughs) Fidelity, it transferred everything as a margin and I called Fidelity and I was like, I didn't have a margin account. And Fidelity told me that Robinhood does that with all their customers. They transfer everything over as margin, even if you've never done any type of margin account or options or anything, um, they they automatically put it as a margin account. So I had to call Fidelity to have it taken out of margin.
0: Excellent. One thing that uh, someone just asked here, and we, we touched on this last time we were here, but I want to touch on it again. They heard Safe Moon is not safe at all, and this is correct. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, wrong, wrong comment. There's a lot of talk of Safe Moon. Is it a good buy? What is, it, what is a good buy right now? And as you can tell, um, everybody on the panel, including me, I have barely anything invested in crypto. We, uh, we stay away from Safe Moon because it's not a safe moon, correct, Tony?
3: Yeah, the reason people buy these ridiculous coins is because they're really, really cheap, really cheap. So they try to get in on the ground floor. And like Phil said, check out that Money Explained on Netflix. They talk about these pump and dump schemes, where it's 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 beneficial for people to get in very early. And the people that do get in very early will make some money on it if they get out quick enough, but it's the old adage where greed kicks in and people want to make, they try to make too much money and they end yeah. up losing it all. But, just um, to
1: jump in really quick. I don't, I highly doubt a lot of people realize Dogecoin can't ever get to what Bitcoin got to ever because Bitcoin has a cap on it in terms of how many Bitcoins there are. Dogecoin doesn't. So it's going to be, it, Dogecoin is a lot, is going to always be worth a lot less. It might yeah. get to maybe one one day in 10 years. Who knows? It could be at $10 or $20, but it's never going to hit like 50, 60,000. And I don't I think a lot of people realize that it can't do that. A lot of new Yeah, are right.
3: You're right. I was reading that it would need to hit like a market cap of a number I can't even pronounce
0: in order for it to... <laughs> There's a lot of zeros afterward,
3: right? Yeah. There's a lot of zeros and to, commas. Yeah. 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 So...
0: Um, wh- just checking here to see if there's any other questions here are, here's one um will banks be threatened by defi or certain cryptos or will they get on board and move the change chainlink for example move with the change i apologize what are your guys opinions on this this will be our final thing cuz we are yeah. running close to a, an hour here uh do you think banks are going to jump on the crypto world i know dalt in canada we have there's some stuff going on, but I, I'm interested to hear from uh, Tony and uh, Andrew.
3: Yeah, I think they already are. I mean, we're seeing banks like JP Morgan, Bank of America. They're, they're actually trying to even create their own digital coins and currencies. Um, so I, I wouldn't say the banks are the biggest threat. I think the biggest threat are the government regulations. But as I think about it, I think government regulations may be a good thing. Because they can establish some type of regulating body like uh, an SEC or um, SIPC insurance and FINRA, things like that that protect you with stocks. Maybe there'll be something like that to protect you with crypto. So if someone hacks your account, you don't lose it all. So I don't know, we'll see. It's 2BD.
0: That's right. Adult, do you want to touch in on? Uh... This right now, uh, yeah. Considering the Canadian uh, Canadian side, since we have both Canadian and Americans in our group. Yep. Yeah.
2: So um, Ethereum was developed in Canada. Go Canada! Woo! Uh, <laughs> banks will banks will certainly um, be threatened by decentralized finance. I, I I don't know. Like banks will try to create their own, but the whole point of decentralized finance is that no bank runs it. No mm-hmm. central authority runs it. Um, so, for that reason, um, they will never gain the type of market share that, say, uh, Ethereum or Bitcoin has. Uh, and oh, all the yeah, other like, de- 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 decentralized coins. Um, I have used many, I- I've been investing in this space for years, for four years yeah. now. Um, and seeing where it was and where it's come to now, there were thousands of ICOs that happened in 2017 and 2018. And maybe only ten or twenty of those actually have built platforms today. You know, your your Aragon's Augurs, these guys actually took the money and actually built on what they were supposed to do. Um, but the vast majority of them are actually scams. So, but the best the best way to actually see how these things work is to actually get on and use them. So I encourage everybody to use like Augurs prediction betting platform. Um, bet if it's gonna rain tomorrow bet if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to win another NBA championship um, bet on all these weird worldly events happening you know go on Aragon anybody that's a bit that that's a business owner you can you can incorporate companies have board meetings at way cheaper than, um, going to like a lawyer. If you want to issue shares too, you can do that on, on Aragon at a fraction of the cost of going to a, a a lawyer. There's a lot of really good platforms built on Ethereum's blockchain and upcoming finances. Uh, blockchain now, which is already proof of um, proof of stake, so it's much cheaper mm-hmm. than, than Ethereum's. So these types of things will have use cases. I really think that um, as far as decentralized applications go, Five to 10 years from now, we will all be interacting with blockchain based applications on a weekly basis um, because they're fun to use and you can get around um, doing really expensive things that you normally have to go through lawyers or government for. Um, so it is it is an, it is a it's not even about profit. Like a lot of people like to think of the coins profit. Forget about the profit. It's really about the usability and the utility of these things. You know, what are you actually going to be able to do um, on these platforms? And unfortunately for Safe Moon um, and all these other things, they don't really do anything. It's a Ponzi scheme. You just kind of sit and wait and hope that enough people come and wait after you so you can make money. But most Ethereum decentralized applications, most finance decentralized applications, have real-world applications, and that's what's most important
0: moving forward. Um, just, I guess this will be. Uh, I want to touch on this. Someone's asked about Ethereum ETH. They bought a whole portion at four K. Uh, what do you guys think? Should they get out? Should they wait till they get their money three three months from now? What are your advice to this person? regarding, uh, ETH and when they should jump in and out. Hold. So yeah,
2: hold, uh, you got to hold, but, uh, volatility is absolutely insane. Um, so you really have to, you really have to hold. Um, I bought five tokens below a hundred dollars. Um, that was a long, long, long time ago. Um, it went up to a thousand It went up or 900 and change. And then it fell back down to, um, to 200 it fell back down to 100 and now it's back up at four over four four thousand us but again when i invested in that that i only invested a thousand dollars at that point in time um or just under so um and the thing is is that was only like one to two percent of my entire investment portfolio at the time um, so it wasn't 50% of my portfolio and it wasn't a hundred percent of my portfolio. It was just money that I threw. Then I was like, you know what, what the it's hell? Your gamble- it's your gambling yeah.
0: money when you go to the casino or something like yeah. that. Like I'm prepared to lose this. I was and-
2: expecting to lose, to lose it all. Yeah. I was expecting to lose it all. And you know what? It was money that I could recover from and I wouldn't m- miss it. But now it seems like everybody is investing and getting um, overly exposed to cryptocurrency. They have 50% of their entire, you know, net worth in crypto and that investing in that way doesn't make much sense. But because with these types of things, you really have to hold until they become mainstream. Like nobody is you really using like Ethereum dApps like every day when it Mm -hmm. does come, come a time when, you know, big Fortune 500 companies are using like Aragon to conduct board meetings, then you're going to see like Ethereum really be worth something. But right now you just kind of have to sit on and hold. Like I've been sitting on holding for years or four thousand now um and i have you know tens of thousands of, of of dollars of profit but it's still gonna sit there and continue to sit there because we're not even mainstream yet
0: okay um we're gonna tony wanted to touch on something uh specifically you wanted to touch on sndl and that we'll leave at that yeah. So well, and Andrew, we'll do you wanna,
3: what do you want to do you want to talk about anything about crypto or are you good
1: uh, briefly, I could touch on crypto. I mean, I think what going back to what Dalton was saying, most people, there's a lot of new investors right now, and a lot of people are just investing for the short term. They're trying, it's just speculation. They're trying to make quick money. They're trying to become rich. They see people, that one guy who got rich off GameStop on the Wall Street's bets form. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to replicate that. So uh, when it comes to cryptocurrencies, a lot of people are trying to do that. They're not thinking about long term strategies. I mean, Going back to things like ETFs and, you know, holding for the long term, nobody's really doing that, it seems. So, yeah, that's my thoughts
0: on that. All right, excellent. All right, Tony, we'll bring you back on and you can touch on SNDL and then we'll say our goodbyes.
3: So listen, Sundial, right? It's a very popular stock around the internet. A lot of people are talking about it on this page. I get asked, it seems like we get this question at least once every couple of days. And someone asked, should I buy Sundial? Or should I buy VOO, the S&P 500? So here's what I would say to that. I'm gonna ask you a question. Do you like investing in companies that routinely lose hundreds of millions of dollars a year? Or do you like investing in companies that are market leaders, large cap, reputable, profitable companies? If you like investing in companies that hemorrhage cash every quarter and lose hundreds of millions of dollars a year and i'm not exaggerating then go with sundial if you like losing that type of money go with sundial if you want to actually invest in companies that are profitable go with the s p 500 so that's my take on that excellent
0: uh tony we're gonna end here uh where can they listen to you where can they find you and learn more about uh investing as a beginner with uh, your stuff
3: well, the Stock Bros podcast, obviously you guys seen it all over the page. You can find us there. Um, and also you can check out our my course I just created on Udemy. I have some links around there too. Like We could add all of our links on, you know, all of our podcast links and stuff.
0: We'll be the in there, there, there yeah Yeah. In the comments and, uh, of this video, we'll have those as well for you.
3: Yeah. And I, last I, one thing I want to say too is I understand that last year all these pot stocks jumped up hundreds of percent we were in a lockdown people thought that pot was going to be legalized really quickly for some reason i don't know why people thought that it was going to be legal within a couple months this is something that these legislators have been fighting about for a hundred years now this isn't going to be something that's going to just be made legal overnight this could take years and years and could Sundial make some money, or the, could the stock go up years from now? Maybe, yeah. But c- could they also go out of business before that happens? Yes. You, I mean, look at their balance sheet. They don't. They don't make any profits. They actually lose so and much there, money. There,
1: there's nothing really proprietary about doing that. Anybody can copy that business model. Am I Right. right?
3: And I think states are going to create their own growing farms, and a lot of people are going to be buying weed from the states. So. Mm-hmm and from local municipal. So that's going to take a lot of the market shares. So yeah, anyway, sorry. That was my rant for the day. It, it, no, it's fine. <laughs> Cause it is, yeah. we
0: have been seeing questions about uh, different types of weed stocks and marijuana stocks in the group. So I'm thankful that you've touched on it. I'm just going to remove you from the thing, just from the conversation for now, I'll get Dalt to say uh, his goodbyes and that. So thank you, Tony, Thanks, for being everybody. a member. And, uh, Dalt, where can our, uh, loyal listeners find you? How can they get it, reach out to you? And more, more importantly, your final thoughts on the episode.
2: So, yeah, you can find me as always, uh, you know, where I'm at. I'm always in the stock group or, uh, writing my blogs on bantingcourtcapitalcom capital.com slash blog. You can find me on Instagram as well. My last name, Rizme, R I S M A Y life. Resume life. You can find me there. I do uh, live videos every Saturday, and I have a lot of uh, investing content that I post throughout the week. And actually, for Sundial, I did cover that in my most recent ar- ar- article titled "Meme Penny Stocks: Can They Really Make You Rich?" So I did cover Sundial. And um, just so everybody knows, Macroaxis, a um, a uh, data company, did state that Sundial is has a bankruptcy probability of 73%. As of right now. So, uh, and I did give bankruptcy probabilities for all the hype stocks that um, I talked about in that article. So, for anybody that's interested, uh, you can go and read that. It will be posted in the group, it'll be near the top.
0: Excellent. Uh, just going to remove you and let uh, our final stock bro give his closing a uh, address andrew where uh, apart from obviously being on the stock one of the members of the stock bro podcast where where else can our, fr- our family of investors find you
1: yeah so let me just introduce myself because yes I please heard, nobody, nobody really knows that. yeah so my name is andrew um tony's brother we have been running our podcast for about i don't know maybe nine Maybe no, I think this since December, so maybe only like six months. But um, I I previously had another YouTube channel that has still has fifty thousand subscribers on it. It was a gaming channel. I don't really use it anymore. Um, I also just finished my associate's degree, uh, this semester, and yeah, I also write articles on uh, Medium.com. That's just called the Stock Bros. Yeah, me and Tony, we just want to educate people. Um in any any year i've been investing for a year only um i'm like a newer investor but i've learned so much i've already have eight grand for saved up in one year for the long term tony has even more than that probably like double so i mean you just have to invest in yourself invest in your future and yeah that's pretty much wraps up what i want to say
0: excellent thank you so much mr Stockbro number one andrew and uh of course i am the feel better the podcast mogul uh i have Uh, A podcast called Investing Yourself Pod, where I interview uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, and influencers about their journey. Um, I'm helping the boys here. I am a complete newbie. Uh, I only have stocks in the companies that I worked for because they had that program. So uh, being a part of this group has taught me a lot. Um, Meeting with Tony, Andrew, Dalt, and of course, our CEO, Johnny, about uh, learning all this is us helping you guys because it's important. So ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so much for being a part of this show. All your questions are amazing. We wish you all the best and uh, see you guys next week.